Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. This next conversation was absolutely surreal for both Steph and me. We had the privilege of talking to the legendary Jim Trussell. You guys, this man was on our bucket list. And if we could only pick five people to ever interview on Tell Us a Good Story, President Trussell would be one of those five. Yes, he would. And as expected, he had some great stories to share, like what happens to your personal life as soon as you accept the job to be Ohio State's next football coach. And you are told you have to keep it a secret, but then someone in your media family can't keep it a secret. It's so funny. And what happens when Jim Trussell has to correct Kevin on one of his fun facts? Uh, I hate being wrong. You guys, we can't wait for to hear this conversation with our dream guest, President Jim Trussell. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, Steph. This is a dream come true. Kevin, Kevin, I can't, I can't. My heart's pounding. Like, he's just on top of the pillar right now for me. He's amazing. This is going to be so much fun. Well, friends, our next guest is an absolute legend here in the state of Ohio. He won five national championships as a head football coach before becoming the ninth president at Youngstown State University. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, President Jim Tressel. Oh, we're so excited. Now that I heard your introduction, I do have to share a story with you Please, before you ask me your first question, okay? Okay. So, as you were talking, you said, uh, this fellow's a legend. Okay, so let me tell you a story about that. So, about, oh, 36 years ago, when I came to Youngstown State as the football coach, there was a coach on the staff who had been here a long time. He was an extraordinary guy. He'd played at Notre Dame and been in the NFL, first person drafted back in the 40s and this and that. And, and so I was taking him to an event my first week here. And so I, I thought, man, I've got to do a good job of introducing him. And his name was Bob Dove, just a giant of a man. He was 6'4", 250, but back in the 40s, that was a big deal. And so we were going to this Youngstown State event and, and I was nervous and I'd never been a head coach before. And so I wanted to make sure everyone knew that, you know, where I had Bob Dove in my mind and that we were so blessed that he would be on our staff. He was only going to be there one year. He needed one year to retire and so forth. And so I went through all of his extraordinary all-American things in NFL and college football, you know, legendary, you know, wonderful things. And you know, I thought I did a pretty good job, and then I introduced him as, please welcome the legend, Bob Dove. And then the rest of the night went and so forth, and I thought it was okay for a first night out. And so we're riding home, and I'm driving, and he was an old Irishman, and he said, laddie, <laughs> if you ever introduce me as a legend again, I will be very disappointed. And I said, well, Coach Dub, I mean, think about all you've done and you've coached all these things and you're a great player. And he said, Laddie, a legend is dead. If you would like to introduce me as legendary, that's just fine. But Laddie, I'm not a legend. So when you introduced me as a legend, I thought, oh, my gosh, all I could think of was Bob Dove. And so 
Kevin. All right, let me re- let me redo this introduction then. If you ever introduce me as a legend again, we're we're done. <laughs> so, friends, welcome to Tell Us Good Story, the legendary, legendary. President Jim Trestle. <laughs> That was good. I've never introduced anyone as a legend since that eventful evening. Yeah, because it sticks in your mind now, right? Absolutely. Well, President Trestle, from this moment forward, you're going to have him in your ear from now on. It's legendary. Legendary. Now, I know your name is Kevin, but your daughter's name is... (gasps) Oh... I love this man. I love this man. I'm Stephanie. Steph, Stephanie. What, honestly, whatever you want to call me, I'm pretty happy right now. So it doesn't matter. Okay. I love this I heard that one time in a picture of us where I looked super old compared to you. That's maybe the second time in my life somebody mm-hmm. called you my daughter. I love that. That's very good, though, by it the is way. That's very good. So... Thank you for saying yes to us. You are our bucket list. You have no idea how much you mean to Kevin and I. If we could pick five people who we could ever interview, you are one of them. So the fact that you said yes, this is amazing. Well, I've been wondering for years, President Trestle, about the very famous quote you made when you were first hired as head coach at Ohio State. So at halftime of the Ohio State Michigan basketball game, you said, quote, I can assure you that you'll be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Question, how did you know it was 310 days exactly? Well, since this is a story hour here, here's the story behind that moment and then the answer to your question. So they brought me to the basketball game and, you know, there are whatever, 20,000 people there and 19,000 of them didn't even know who I was and that which was fine. And, and so they said, they're going to introduce me. Well, to me, introducing me was like, they introduced me, I would wave and live happily ever after. And, and so they introduced me and then they handed me the microphone and I thought, Oh, that's what they mean by introduce me. So you were prepared to talk then? No, I, I had no idea they were going to hand me the microphone. So immediately my brain is flying around and Throughout the entire interview process and so forth, I was astute enough to know the reason I was there was that, you know, we hadn't been faring as well in our rival game as we would like. And so I I wanted to make it clear throughout the interview process that I understood that. I grew up in Ohio. I had been an assistant coach for Earl, that I clearly understood the importance of that game. And so during the course of the interview, I asked the group interviewing me, you happen to know how many days it is until we play that game because every day counts and it's got to be circled on your calendar. And so none of them knew. Well, I was smart enough to, I knew <laughs> at that time it might've been you know, 312 or, or whatever it was the day we were interviewing. And so as I stood there with the microphone in my hand, I figured no one in the audience knew how many days there was till we played. Right. And I thought, well, let me give them the indication that I know and that it would be a great opportunity to let our fans know that I knew and that I was aware of the importance. And so I just happened to say that. Well, obviously, then it turned into every day I was with the media, they'd say, well, how many days today? And so <laughs> for 10 years, I had to always know how many days there were. And so I had it written on my calendar so that just in case 
you know, the people kind of like to catch you at times that yes. you hadn't noticed that yes. in life. Yes. And, and uh, so that's kind of how all that happened. But I do vividly remember, speaking of stories, the day we were playing up there, coming down the tunnel, kind of in pregame, and people leaning out over the railings of the tunnel, you know, screaming at me, it's one day, it's today, and you're gonna, they're, <laughs> we're going to prove that you're not right, and, you know, and... and You'll live to regret ever saying, you know, what day. And, and I'm like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But, but you know, the media kind of turned that into a promise. I didn't promise anything. Right. You know, I just said you would be proud of us. That's it, yeah. And thank goodness uh, our guys made us proud. So, Steph, we just moved into a new home. You know who's good at homes? I do. Jay Luby. And Miss Connie Luby. Yes, they build custom homes. They do remodeling. They do office construction. Steph, if you go to lubycompanies.com, they have a picture by picture here on their portfolio. And everyone is absolutely amazing. I want every one of them. <laughs> I want that one or that one. Oh, maybe that one. The or only just. problem about lubycompanies.com, it's hard to spell. Uh, there's no way. I could spell their last name unless you would have told me. I guarantee they get asked every day. How do you spell that? So friends, it's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Go to that website. Phenomenal pictures of what they do. From new construction to like new renovations, the Luby companies are here to partner with you. They are also a proud sponsor of... Tell us a good story. Okay. What is it like to be recruited as a head football coach of Ohio State? You know, I'm not sure I was recruited. I asked them if they would consider me. Really? And, uh, you know, as they sorted things out and, and, you know, in life, timing is everything. And, right. and we'd been fortunate at Youngstown State. We'd had a long run with pretty sustained excellence. And we'd gone a while in Columbus with a good success. Uh, but you can't win enough games at Ohio State. I mean, that's just reality. We'd gone 33 years at Ohio State without a national championship. Well, we had just had four national championships in the last 10 years at Youngstown State. So that was kind of a checkoff box. And even in the real essence, when they interviewed three of us on campus, you know, I was fortunate. Timing was good. One of the three who made a great impression on the uh, search committee uh, decided after interviewing that he wasn't interested. And so I don't know that they recruited me. It ended up, I was down to two. So I had a chance to see if I could convince them. And so I think I recruited them more than they recruited me. <laughs> so we were curious. We were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. as, as father and daughter, President Trussell, right? right? <laughs> what was it like when you were talking to Ellen, your wife, and your kids, and you're making a decision, okay, kids, this is going to be life-changing, if I accept this offer, what was it like? How did you and your family come to this decision to actually accept the job then at Ohio State? Because it impacted them as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that's a story of its own because I remember sitting watching the Outback Bowl on January 1st of 01. And I remember turning to Ellen and say, ooh, I'm just worried about Coach Coop because Coach Coop was a good friend and still is to this day. And, and, and you, you feel for one another as coaches because it's Again, you can't win enough. And uh, I said, Ellen, I, I just don't know if he's going to make it through this. That you know, the momentum right now is just not going in the right direction. And he had some great teams prior to that. And right, I said, but you know, it, it's this is a tough world. And I said, I just don't know that he's going to make it. 
And she said, oh, that'd be too bad. And I said, yeah, it really would. And, and I said, I don't know. I just have this weird feeling that we might get in the mix for this. I don't know why I feel that way. Ironically, Ellen and I had just read the book together. It was called The Prayer of Jabez. I don't know if you yes. read that Yes. Book. And why we read it at that time, you know, I'd been there 15 years at uh, Youngstown State. Ellen had been 15 years at this brokerage firm as a vice president. And, you know, we were probably going to be there forever, which would have been wonderful. We were blessed to be there. We read that book and I said, I don't know if it's that book that talks about, you know, broadening your territory and understanding that if you broaden your territory, it's going to be not without its challenges and without the tough times and so forth. I said, but I don't know, maybe I'm crazy and I'm a one double A coach. I don't know why Ohio State, whatever. Well, then one thing led to another. And I remember calling my mom and and I said, mom, you know, I think I'm going to get interviewed at Ohio State. And she said, oh, don't do it. And I said, why not? She said, well, they're not nice to the coaches at Ohio State all the time. (laughs) I said, well, don't worry, mom not going to happen. And well, fast forward, it happened. And so when Andy Geiger, the athletic director called and said, would you like to accept the job? I said, well, look, I need to check at home first. We've had the discussions with the kids. We've told them that, you know, it's a different world, et cetera, et cetera. But let me call home. And so I called Ellen and she was all in and called my mom. And she said, oh, I don't know if you want to do that. Are you sure? I said, well, mom, I think it'll be okay. I said, but whatever you do, I'm calling them back. And you've told me that no one can know till tomorrow morning. You have to keep this secret down low. She said, oh, absolutely. I really don't want you to go there. And so, yeah, I, don't worry. Well, the minute I called them back, like anything, as soon as you tell one person, the world leaks out. And so I called them back and then I jumped in my car and I ran home because they said, you got to hide. And I had told my team earlier here at Youngstown State that obviously I had interviewed there. If I had the opportunity, I would probably take it. But if I didn't, we were going to keep on keeping on. So I jumped in my car and I left. And by the time I got home, the TV trucks were following me. And really, and, uh, they had already been to our house. And Ellen was just coming back from the grocery store. And she said, I don't know what you're talking about. And <laughs> closed the garage door and you know, they were hovering and, and so forth. But my mom, who at the time was the president of the Brea Historical Society, was just coming back from uh, the Historical Society and pulled into her driveway. And, and uh, there was a TV truck, Cleveland TV truck there. And, and they said, hey, we understand your son is going to be the next head coach at Ohio State. And she said, he sure is. And we're so proud of him. And we're so excited. And, and I'm like, mom, you, you scooped the whole deal. You know, I promised those people we would keep it on the down low, but of course you couldn't. But the other good story, I like a story hour, by the way. Oh, thank you. And uh, my daughter at the time was a senior in high school, and she had eliminated down to three schools. Okay. And she was either going to go to Cornell, University of Chicago, or Ohio State. So the minute that we got the job, she said to me, she said, well, I'm down to two. And I said, who are they? And she said, Cornell or the University of Chicago. (laughs) I've been the coach's daughter my whole life. At Youngstown State, that was one thing. I'm not sure I want to be the coach's daughter in that fishbowl at Ohio State. And so she ended up going to the University of Chicago. Oh, wow. That would be tough. That would be. That would be very tough. So, President Trestle, 
when you were coaching in high state, I was maybe the youngest red coat usher at the stadium. Okay. So a guy in my church was a red coat. When I was 18 years old, senior in high school, he gave me an application. I filled it out. And then six years later, the high state athletic department called me and said, Hey, would you like to be a stadium usher? Well, I, you know, I had graduated high school, college, was in the professional working world, and I totally forgot about it. So I was a stadium usher for, I think, three years. And that's when you and I had met. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing middle-aged men just screaming at you, OH, or trying to get your attention. So was there any moments that stick out when it was a weird experience with a high state fan? You're like, oh my gosh, okay, some of these people are crazy. The craziest thing that might have happened from a fan standpoint might be, you know, you go to a lot of those autograph sessions and so forth yes. and, you know, various things and people stand in line and here's my book, here's my picture, I was at this game, sign my arm, do this, do that. Well, the craziest one I ever saw was a real hot day in the summer, the line was real long and this gal worked her way up in the line and she got to the front of the line And she said, you know, I really want your autograph. And then she reached down and took her little sock off, soaking wet, and asked me to sign her sock. And I'm like, that's a new one. I've signed a lot of things, but your sock. I thought you were going to say her ankle or her leg so then she could tattoo Tattoo it. Tattoo it. That's what I was thinking, too. I wasn't expecting the sock. No, and and there's no way that that wet signature on that wet sock is still alive. (laughs) But if she's listening, we we love your passion. Whatever you want signed, we'll sign. But uh, and we would get lots of letters about it. You know, after we won the national championship, and it had been 34 years, and I'd get letters like, "I thought I wouldn't live long enough. Now I can die happy." And I'm thinking, "Well, I was excited about that, but I'm not ready to die." And, uh, but you know, the passion, you know, the Buckeye passion is, you don't have to wonder how strong that is. It's just amazing. And, and really the biggest thrill is just seeing the joy that a Buckeye championship, whatever, just to see that the joy and, and, you know, people talk about they're in the hospital and that kept them going and, you know, and, and that joy helped you realize that it was more than a game, you know, right at, at certain times but you have to appreciate the passion of the Buckeye fans. Friends, we just want to take a moment here to say thank you to all you loyal listeners. Ah, You guys, we just found out that Tell Us a Good Story is now in the top 1.5% of all podcasts worldwide. And that is because of you guys sharing with your family and friends on social media and giving us positive reviews on all the podcast platforms. And if your friends ask, just tell them they can get our entire catalog of episodes at kevinandsteph.com or wherever they like to get their podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. Coach, what is your favorite recruiting story? That I can tell you? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We spoke with Coach Greg Schiano about a year ago, mm-hmm. and we asked him, hey, do you have any good recruiting stories? And he's like, oh my gosh, how much time do you have? And he rattled off what it was like to recruit in Florida, what? down in Miami. And he gave us like what it's like to go in some of those schools and watch a practice. So do you have any good recruiting stories from your time on the road, I guess? So I probably have some dramatic stories from back in the old days that we'll leave for another time. Um, but uh, 
One I remember that surprised me was um, we were sitting there waiting for the faxes. And normally you could fax by 8 a.m. And it was legitimate. If someone faxed before, couldn't count it, whatever. And so you got most of your faxes at 8 a.m. So as they'd come in, you know, we'd released it. So-and-so is coming and so-and-so. And most of them we knew. They had told us in advance. Some people wanted the drama, uh, but can't remember which year it was. We were in a last-minute battle for a player from Akron St. Vincent St. Mary, and it was down to us and Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, great program, and the kid had gone to a Catholic school his whole life, and you know sometimes there's a draw for that familiarity. And but Ohio State's Ohio State, and so we did not know going into signing day whether or not he would be coming with us. So. Fax didn't come in at eight. We thought, well, I guess he's not coming. Yeah, we yeah, we kind of thought we might be losing him to Notre Dame. And unbeknownst to us, he had scheduled with his local Akron radio station or whatever that he was going to announce there. Like I guess we didn't really even know that. And so our people are kind of going back and forth and they're saying, I wonder where he went. And so, well, let's, you know, let's find out this now. Well, somehow, some way we got tuned in to finding out that he was going to announce it like four o'clock in the afternoon. And we thought we'd lost him because, you know, he wouldn't return his calls. Oh, um, no. Gosh, we're not going to get him. And, and we're sitting in the Woody Hayes Center, you know, thinking, ah, this is too bad. Now we're going to have to sit in here that he's going to Notre Dame. And all of a sudden he gets on the air and it was Lawrence Wilson, good D lineman. And he announces he's going to Ohio State. And it was like, oh, my gosh. You know, we used to have the drama of showing up at eight in the morning, looking him in the eye finding out sometimes he wasn't coming or, or whatever. But uh, probably the longest one that we had to wait on was Terrell Pryor. And uh, yes. Terrell had promised his high school basketball team that he would not interrupt their season. They wanted to be state champs. And he would not interrupt his senior basketball season with football recruiting. They had been football state champions, and he was going to commit to his buddies that I am focused. I'm not going to do any of that. and so. Part of me is thinking, gosh, I hope they get eliminated so we can find out. Uh, but no, <laughs> no, they, they're going all the way. And, and they're in Hershey, Pennsylvania, playing for the state championship. And uh, they want it. Well, then he could begin his visits. And it's like, oh, this is going to take forever. And actually, we were on spring break in March. And Ellen and I were down in Siesta Key. And I talked to him the night before. Thought we were in good shape. And really, I had thought we were in good shape way before that. Back on January 2nd or 3rd, we had lost to LSU in the national championship game. I was back in my hotel room late at night, maybe one in the morning, you know, disappointed and so forth. Although I thought our kids played extremely well and it was tough playing them in the Sugar Bowl, which is New Orleans. It was like a home game. Home game. And, you know, we just didn't get it done. My phone rang 1, 1.30 in the, that night and it was Terrell. And Terrell said, hey, coach, you're not going to have to worry about the game like that anymore because I'm going to be playing for you. And he said, now, you can't say a word to anyone, which I didn't. And don't tell your mom. Yeah, don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so I kept it to myself. We kept the commitment that he wasn't going to do anything. But then he started visiting other places. You get nervous. And so all the way up to the morning, he was going to have a press conference. I thought we were okay. I had gone out to take a jog on the beach, came back, and I had a missed call from him. So I tuned in on the, on the computer to the little, you know, ever streaming uh, announcement session. And, and he's there and, you know, got the hats out there. You know how those kids do. They drive yes. us coaches out of our minds, you know, 
<laughs> and he's sitting there and he says, I'm announcing that I'm going to the University of, Uh-oh. I'm thinking, it's not Penn State. He must be going to Michigan. And like time stopped. I can't believe this. And he said, the University of Ohio State. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness gracious. So I, I don't know learn. how many years of my life has been taken away by these uh, young guys and they're recruiting, uh, you know, and they're kids. You have to remember they're kids and they're getting tugged, right. you know, it, but yeah, recruiting is, uh, it was as scintillating as the games. Oh, I bet. Yeah, because you're like, it's kind of like winning a game, right? You're winning, winning the recruit. recruit. Like your heart's invested. Yeah. You know, you're going back and forth. I and totally forgot about that. The University of Ohio State. It's not USO. No. Or US. No. no. <laughs> if you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, President Trestle, for all our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts to let listeners know more information about you. And Steph does not know any of this. So you're going to see her genuine reaction when I give this list of fun facts. All right. So this, a lot of this isn't about his coaching career. Okay. So as quarterback at Baldwin Wallace, Steph, President Trestle earned four varsity letters, won all conference honors as a senior in 1974, and he joined the Alpha Tau Omega fraternity. At Baldwin Wallace. You were a frat guy. I was not expecting that. I was a frat. In fact, you know, you were just talking about recruiting. I was the vice president of the fraternity and vice president is in charge of what they call rush, which is the recruiting. And so I got my recruiting background from being in my fraternity. I was a frat guy for, for sure. In fact, in 2002 or three, we started the ATO chapter back at Ohio State, the same one we were in at Baldwin Wallace. And they hadn't been on campus for two or three decades, and we started it up. And by the time we left there, they were the most philanthropic fraternity on the campus. Really? Wow. I have great pride in my fraternity days and still my best friends in the world. Talk to them every day. See, I would not have guessed that. Mm-mm. All right. In 1975, President Trestle graduated from Baldwin Wallace. You're not going to believe what degree. I thought it was going to be education. I was just going to say education. Computer science. Really? And here's what blows my mind. The personal computer had not even been invented yet. So he was ahead of the time with a computer science degree. We have to tell a story about that. Okay, please. Well, wherever you got it, it's not true. It's not. No. In fact, I've had more people ask me, like, did they even have computers when you you were growing up? And so I took one computer class in my life. My assistant, Cindy, will tell you, I don't even know how to use my computer today. (laughs) But it is in various places that I was a computer science major. And when I became a president, I didn't want to tell these folks here that I wasn't a brilliant computer scientist, you know, the faculty and everything. So I've kind of let that sleeping dog lie. So so what were you? Were, were you education. education? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Steph, I didn't realize how big of a football family the Trestles were. President Trestle and his father, Lee, won a Division Three national championship at Baldwin Wallace in 1978. And then, of course, President Trestle led Youngstown State to Division I AA National Championship in 1991. They are the first father-son duo to win college football national championships. 
Oh, wow. How special is that? Also, when President Tressel was inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame in 2015, he joined his father, Lee, and they became the only father-son members ever inducted to the Hall of Fame. Oh, Coach, that's special. We're still the only father and son in the Hall of Fame. There has been a father and son win national championships. Larry Karras at Mount Union and his okay. son Vince won one oh, at Mount Union as well. Ten years later at Mount Union. So okay. we lost that designation, but we, we have maintained the other one, which is pretty cool. So President Tressel, of course, has made many Hall of Fame speeches. 2005 Ball and Wallace Athletics Hall of Fame, 2013 Youngstown State Athletics Hall of Fame, 2015 College Football Hall of Fame, and then 2015 Ohio State Athletics Hall of Fame. However, I did not see Berea High School Hall of Fame. What happened? I didn't get to make a speech, but I am in the Hall of Fame there. You are? Yeah. Okay. And uh, in one funny story about Hall of Fames, so I also coached at Miami of Ohio, and their coaching Hall of Fame is called the Cradle of Coaches. And so all that time I was an assistant coach in college, and then I was the head coach at Youngstown State, and we won national championships. I was never considered in the Cradle of Coaches, nor was I brought into the Cradle of Coaches Hall of Fame. Then all of a sudden we won a national championship at Ohio State, and now they listed me. <laughs> you know, so, I, so you're in there? I, I'm in there. So I, I always tease them. You know, I said, you know, it took a long journey, you know, to, to get you guys' attention. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> then President Tressel and his wife, Ellen, proud parents of four mm. adult children, two grandchildren. And since 2014, he's held the position of president at Youngstown State. Under his guidance staff, the university has increased enrollment and hit record fundraising levels. Last year, enrollment was at 11,300 students. Wow. So I've lived in Ohio my entire life. I've actually never even visited Youngstown, let alone Youngstown State. So for listeners who have children that are students looking at college, what makes Youngstown State such a great place to continue their education? You know, you know it's not surprising that you haven't been here. We are five miles from the Pennsylvania border. And so we're about as far away as you can get from most of Ohio. But I would tell you this about Youngstown State. I was blessed to grow up on a college campus and we had 2,000 students. It was small liberal arts, you know, very intimate Everybody knew everyone. You'd walk down the street and your faculty lived on the street by the dorms. And, and, and it was a wonderful experience. And then I've also been at the University of Akron in Miami and Syracuse and, and Youngstown State. And then you're at an Ohio State, you know, 60,000 students. It's a city of its own. It's got its own zip code. You know. And what I have found that's been fun about being a part of Youngstown State is that it has that intimacy that I grew up knowing as a child. We lived right on campus, which is really ironic because I grew up living on the Baldwin Wallace campus and now I'm 100 years old and I'm living in the center of the Youngstown State <laughs> campus in the president's home, you know, just like my dad lived in a college house at Baldwin Wallace. But what's neat about Youngstown State is we, we have that intimacy of the small school. Uh, we have the major programs of the R1 schools like Ohio State and Cincinnati, and we, we have an amazing affordability. I think we're 13th in terms of how much does it cost. And in today's world, people are starting to understand the cost of higher education and everyone's talking about student debt. And, and our foundation, which is the fundraising arm that raises money for student scholarships and so forth, uh, is the sixth largest of the 14. And so our scholarships, based upon how much you have to pay in tuition, our scholarships are larger than most folks. 
So it's a great opportunity. Our undergrad students get to work with our full-time faculty, get to do undergraduate research. They get to do a lot of things that it's a little harder to do you know, when you get it in the bigger scope of things. And I guess lastly, I would say to you, it's fun to be at a place that's very important for the region. And Youngstown State University is the guiding light of this region. You know, we, we were a steel industry town in 1977. On one day, we lost 42,000 jobs when the steel mills closed up. And the thing that has taken over and had that lead role in this region is Youngstown State University. And, and so it's fun to be a part of something that means so much. And I would recommend to anyone I talk to to go to any of the schools I coached at. I mean, they're all really good. You have to find out which one fits the deeds that you have. What type of environment do you need? What type of programs are you interested in? And, and so it's very easy for me to be able to promote the good things that can happen if you are fortunate enough to be a Youngstown State Penguin. Well, listeners, for more information about Youngstown State and President Trestle, you can go to ysu.edu. Also, President Trestle is on Twitter at Jim Trestle 5 And we will put all this in our show notes and on our website. Well, President Trestle, you are legendary. Legendary. That was <laughs> Not good. a legend. Yes. A legendary. Love that. And gosh, you exceeded our expectations, quite honestly, we getting to coach. meet you. So thank, thank you. you so much, so President Trestle. Well, thanks for what you guys do because... I'm not sure there's enough of the good stories being discussed. And, and we always talk to our players about having an attitude of gratitude. And, and, and certainly there's challenges in life and there's tough things going on in the world. But don't forget about all the good things going on in the world. And are you having this podcast? It's a great exercise for people to be able to tune in and listen and you know have uplifting discussions rather than some of the discussions that seem to take a lot of the airwaves. Well, if you wanted to talk about COVID, we could do that too, but uh, (laughs) unfortunately we ran out of time here. We talked about that plenty. (laughs) Yeah. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.